Hello and welcome back to War of the Words. This is your channel for hard-hitting topics that somehow don't sit right with us. On each podcast, I shall be ripping apart each side of the story from left, right and centre, and we'll all have opinion. Why? Because we're all the subject and we're all living in the same world. This week on War of the Words, COVID the Sheepdog. Now, before we start, I just have to say, whilst writing my podcast, Peter Hitchens has stole my thunder. I've had to mention it. I've had to also add it to the end of this podcast. In case you missed it from the Daily Mail, it really sums up what I've been trying to say. So first of all, we can all relate to a sheep being rounded up by a sheepdog. It only takes a couple of sheepdogs to round up hundreds of sheep easily in their place. That being said, the sheepdogs always have a master, giving them instructions too. So with that image, it's safe to say that here in the UK, things aren't exactly rosy right now. Brexit is quickly turning into the biggest political bleep storm in modern times. It seems with everything going on in the UK, we've already sleepwalked into a surveillance state. And it's no wonder too, if you want to get away from the watchful eye of the British Big Brother now, you either have to become Amish or follow the billionaires and leave the country altogether. And what about in-home listening devices too? One that I know of, all tucked up in bed, one of these devices, actually, I asked a friend of mine how he was enjoying his book while he was reading it. Now, is that enough for a double take of restless sleep or what? Maybe a better night's sleep watching The Shining, possibly. Birthday and Christmas present surprises are now ruined as pop-up adverts show up to the whole household. What have you been looking at? God help more adventurous households and their explanations. The UK has a long history of surveillance. It continues to be unlawful too. In 2015 and 2018, the European Court of Human Rights had ruled government unlawfully obtained data from communication companies and didn't put the right safeguards around how they were to use them. In its judgment, the court said the UK's bulk interception regime violated the rights of privacy and there wasn't enough oversight on how data was collected. It also ruled that how data was collected from tech companies broke human rights laws too. From how many bus lane tickets have you collected to COVID-19 track and trace and whether it's been safe. It's crazy. Not just physical surveillance, but virtually too. Regardless of your thoughts on surveillance, the UK still looks to have a national debt of nearly £2 trillion That'll be by 2021, a horrifying contrast to the previous target of a budget surplus by 2020. An unfair raised run up, a slap in the face from all handed out public service cuts that we've all had over the past few years. I mean, God help the guide dogs. What extra few models are they going to have to do? How's Black Friday now going to work? Joking aside, pubs 
can stay open if they serve a substantial meal while accepting those who have downloaded the Track and Trace app. And your mask can come off. Track and Trace is branded with the NHS logo on. Visual for the public that it's saving lives. In truth, data is getting lost and getting conflicting advice, most probably by the Department of Health and Social Care, who act as a controller for the processing of data that supports the functioning of the app. Another hard pill to swallow is the cost of the app. Reports suggest between nine to 12 billion pounds, which equates to approximately 7,000 pounds per employee of the app per day. I'm sure each region of the UK could use this money better than the petty pound per person that has already been paid out to bail out regions of businesses. Could this app only result in Mickey Mouse being the most common name in Britain in 2021? That may be its only legacy. Joking aside, this takes nothing away from the millions of public service personnel who in the spring and summer of 2020 continued to work through the UK's full lockdown whilst almost nobody was allowed to work and socialise. Unless you're an MP on a road trip, of course. From healthcare professionals to waste management showing us that the world does not stop revolving, regardless of the economic hangover to come. Most probably a tax rise in the future. More lockdowns. We're in one right now. And there'll be more to come. The government just don't know what they're doing. Or do they? Believe it or not, the world has faced such catastrophes before. It makes for some very interesting reading. From about 100 years ago, the world was grappled by the Spanish flu, which killed approximately 3% of the global population. In percentage terms, that's considerably more than what we face today with COVID-19. You don't have to go back that much further in the history books to find the Black Death had even more devastating impact by killing somewhere between a quarter and a half of the world's population. With that in mind, it's not hard to see why the same buzzwords, rhetoric and narrative are being repeated over and over again in the mainstream media to keep our attention. After testing, the focus will surely be about rolling out a vaccine with more attention-seeking narratives to follow, as well as more queuing. Boris Johnson has already met with Bill Gates over a vaccine. Is this coincidence? Remember Mr. Gates was on TED Talks about five years ago? I'll pop the link in the description box if you haven't got to uh, see it yet. And Bill comes to the rescue with a vaccine for COVID-19. When vaccines take 10 years plus to make right and safe, we have one within months of this pandemic. What do you think? Pop a comment below. Do you agree or disagree? Not just that, but governments all around the world are buying this vaccine, pushing up the share price of the big pharmaceutical companies that are involved. That's taxpayers' money being used to increase the value of private corporations. Just let that sink in for a moment. And all on top of the lockdowns, job uncertainties, COVID deaths have been notoriously linked to people with underlining issues too. Just like a pneumonia is a huge killer for the same reason. Would COVID be as deadly as it is being reported to with people without underlining issues? And this is all backed up 
on the reason why all the UK Nightingale hospitals are not in use, as all their facilities lack the multi-organ failure equipment. This just reminds me of the Millennium Dome, a billion pounds to build and then turn into a car park and sold for a pound. It's just a bad way that we're dealing with this right now. Regardless of repeated threats from our media to start using the Nightingale hospitals, once our traditional hospitals are full up, they really should be kitted up. In use now to protect people already in hospital to stop contracting COVID on top of their main non-COVID condition. This would protect the NH staff too. Would people who have contracted Novichok be in the same ward as other hospitalised patients? No, the clear difference is that 99.5% of people which contract COVID-19 make a full recovery. Is it coincidence that countries with the unhealthiest citizens in healthcare have some of the highest casualties? On the flip side, the healthiest populations of countries have a smaller R rate. Is this a sign that a healthy body has a natural immune system already better suited to fight off this virus or any other virus for that matter? Does anyone remember last year, like December, November maybe, where people were really, really ill. They went, I've got this sort of flu. I can't get rid of it. Within a few weeks, they're back at work. It could be that we've had COVID already before our government let us know and our human bodies are getting used to it and getting more immune to it. Is that good? Is that bad? We've got no option other than to listen and do what our government says. But is it right? Are our GPs doing enough to assist their patients and the hospitals with government help? Surely their records show who is the most vulnerable without a track and trace system. On average around the UK, a total number of doctor consultants per day has been reduced by at least half in GP practices. Why this lack of demand is here? partly because of the national publicity about protecting NHS, partly because they don't want to be in a surgery and catch the virus, and partly because they think we are working and we're not. NHS 111 has not yet been booking a significant number of GP appointments. Pediatricians have been noticing that seriously sick kids have been presenting later and sicker than unusual. A&E attendances and acute hospital admissions are down in many parts of the country. Ambulances are recording a rising cause in which they arrive at a house to find the patient has already died and not because of COVID. The behaviour of the GPs now will have an enormous influence on the future of the whole profession. Within such an environment, I feel GPs can do more, starting off with the management of COVID to sort the mild to the moderate, the COVID patients from the really sick ones. NHS 111 phone triage doesn't cut it, but there are serious downsides to the present situation, which is clearly going to go on for many months, if not years. Some patients with serious non-COVID diseases, they're being missed. Meningitis, MI, 
appendix. You need basic observations that obviously GPs have. Patients aren't obviously breathless. Patients aren't obviously uh, unwell. Until the symptoms come out too late, there have been deaths shortly after telephone calls to categorize patients, and they were seen to be mild, yet they've died. NHS 111 is not doing any of this, but GPs can. If patients called their own practices and had their monitors collect the information for them and then had a phone or a video consultation with someone who has access to patients' GP records, surely GPs could assess patients remotely better than 111. Secondly, someone is going to need to sort out the care of COVID patients who are frail and for whom hospital admission would separate them from their families without giving them any useful treatment. There will be need for symptomatic treatment and their families will need support. We need teams of maybe young up-and-coming GPs, nurses, to help deal with this, especially for residential homes who are dealing with an increased number of COVID patients, for whose staff really are the heroes. Finally, GPs can do more to get this message out, that the general practice is open. Some practices might be doing this, but plenty aren't. If we do this, GPs will improve patient care including the seriously ill patients. Pretty damning journalism. Deal with some of the pent-up flood of demand that we're all going to face anyway in months to come and also deserve that gratitude from patient populations. GP have a lack of equipment and support, but this is surely possible, partly because GPs do have the spare time right now to work on this. The publicity about not calling your GP, say the NHS, which has left patients apologetic from calling GPs. This needs to be changed urgently. And all those doctors need to reassign as they're a problem, not a solution, as the phone triage has been fairly useless. This is a historic crisis. And the behaviour of GPs now will have an enormous influence on the future of the whole profession, as well as really helping patients in need. And what about future patients? Could more mental health become rife? The UK has already seen one month where suicides overtook COVID. Just let that sink in for a second. Suicides have overtaken COVID deaths. And I think that was August or September. The arts, sports and other spectator areas, they're all suffering. And the government's re advice, retrain. This subject is so layered. Pop a comment below with your opinion on this. It's huge. But just like the Brexit plan, we have no clarity on how the government is planning our futures other than surveillance. Any interviews on the news is like a cross line with the crankies or Nicola Sturgeon. It's easy to see why 2020 might have been an excellent time for the UK government to rush through any bills it doesn't want much attention paid to. This topic is more divided than Brexit. That was complicated. It still is. But you're on one side or the other at least.
And so much of Brexit was drilled into us that much over the years that two camps emerged. People switched off because they couldn't take any more. And people switched on as they could see the same narrative being drilled into our ears and eyes through three prime ministers over their years in charge, two of which resigned and their fear factor narratives of falling off the cliff and a leap into the dark to name of two. Now the COVID social issue makes sure this will not pan out the same. More people are being detached physically and mentally away from loved ones. This narrative being pushed and pulled down us will only last as long as people will stay parted from their loved ones. And also that they are prepared to keep their lives on hold. Can they afford to? It's a breaking point waking, waiting to happen. We're in lockdown two right now. And the roads seem just as busy as if we were, were, were normal again. Lockdown one, there was wildlife coming down into the cities, coming into towns because no one was about. There was no smog. There was no pollution. It was a lot less. But not in this lockdown. We're all getting on our daily lives like no one's told us what to do. Maybe we're waking up. But a virus always sets out its own rules of engagement. It's for our leaders to sort out and work out with logical advice. We'll be able to work out and follow to save lives ourselves but not let us blindly follow politicians' advice who seem to be hypocritically breaking their own rules and get away without punishment themselves. It seems the west of the planet Earth is facing the brunt of COVID, while the earliest to lockdown was the east of Earth. Countries such as Vietnam, Thailand and New Zealand, they had a stricter lockdown, including their borders as well. The UK never closed their borders for long. COVID could be a thing of the past. We've got a lot to learn, but no one's sharing this information and using it. The world should be working together to save most lives by sharing technology, sharing ideas, sharing data. But this is the opposite of how global companies work. They hide their technologies. They hide their ideas. They hide their data. It's all about selling their brand for the most money. It's a sad fact that cures are bad for business. Goldman Sachs have already admitted that one-shot cures are one of the most attractive aspects of gene therapy for patients. Yet such treatments offer a very different outlook in regards to reoccurring revenues versus therapies. While this proposition carries tremendous value for patients and the society it represents, it's a challenge for sustained cash flow. It's the morality of health versus profits. So what about the future? The future could be an economic humanity reset, where the human way of living will reset to a radical change of a new way of living and working. The economic Reset could be a reset on how central banks value and distribute currency to businesses and the public. Currently, cash is king. 
Will it soon be card is king? And only if you're not in debt. Just look at this bill getting passed in France right now. Paris is in flames with protesters against the government's plan to make it illegal to photograph or film a policeman going to jail if you do this. It's, it's laws like this that are getting sneaked under our noses while our eyes are on COVID. Now, would you agree to this new law? How would you prove something without evidence? Our rights have been taken away. And in France, especially, they're living through that right now. And there'll be more laws that are snuck under the radar for sure in many countries around the world while COVID's about. And as we know, humanity has plenty of large epidemics in the past hundred years or so that eventually stopped ravishing society. Experts suggest that what happens next depends on both the evolution of the pathogen and the human response to it, both biological and social. Does it seem to you that governments are using human lives to shape a new dystopian world at the expense of fear? Maybe you have another view. I'd love to read your opinions. Now, at the beginning, I mentioned about Peter Hitchin. He got a fantastic article. Uh, the links below so that you can have a read for it for yourself. Again, he reiterates what I have wrote and he's put it into the Daily Mail. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss the start of a new topic of unlearning the biggest Q&As ever. And don't forget, life is a quest to find a balance of thinking time for our own peace of mind. <laughs>